This is the Patriots Drive Podcast. We are all Patriots. Where we discuss, analyze, and answer questions to all things happening in the NFL and with our New England Patriots. Now, here's your host, Cole Kelly. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Patriots Drive Podcast. Today we're going to be touching on something we did a clip on a little bit of, but we're going to dive more into the Bill O'Brien hiring from the Patriots. That's some big news. I think that's obviously the biggest news of the offseason so far. And then we'll touch on a couple of the Shrine Bowl, uh, Shrine Bowl prospects that we've seen out there practicing uh, in Las Vegas, I believe, this weekend. They've had, I think this was their third practice today. So uh, a bunch to get into today. It might be a little bit of a shorter one um, than usual, our usual hour, hour and a half, but uh, we got still got plenty to talk about. So I'm here with my co-host, Jace Campbell. How's it going, Jace? It's going good. Um, we haven't been live since the uh, um, hiring of Bill O'Brien. We've done clips, and we appreciate all the support on that stuff. But it, it's it's good, and it's going to be fun to talk with you, with uh, the Patriots fans on here about kind of the things that we're already hearing and um, the things that are already being replicated that are coming out of how bad the coaching staff was last year and, you know, how – um, big of a problem it was for the whole offense not only mac jones um so it, it's got to be a huge relief for some of the players in there and some of the coaches that had to deal with that last season and we're already seeing this coaching staff on the field coaching some uh prospects in the shrine bowl and there's already reports coming out saying that they're you know having more hands-on experience than anyone else did so it, it's it's a relief that we are finally feeling that we have an offensive coordinator in place for a young quarterback that um, can take off and really be a, a good quarterback in this league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of those things that you kind of touched on. Joe Judge, apparently Joe Judge and Mac Jones didn't get along too well this season. Um, I guess just the coaching staff in general was kind of in shambles. They just didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have a plan. There was just a lot of disagreement in the building about what to do and what the next steps were going to be in, in turning this offense around. So I think Bill O'Brien bringing him in, I think that really solidifies this offense. And I think with certain changes, this offense should be much, much more competitive than it was last season. And I think Mac Jones is the perfect type of quarterback for a Bill O'Brien system. Uh, there was a quote going around from him of what he looks for in a quarterback, uh, what he needs in a quarterback to be successful in his system. And it was uh, like accuracy, um, intelligence, and just like ball placement along with processing and all that stuff. So he basically, in my mind, described a lot of the things that Mac Jones is good at. So um, I'm excited about this. I love this hiring. This is a guy that we both were super interested in. The only downside, like we've talked about, is if he bounces after a year, that's going to be tough. The offense is going to have to adjust again. Mac Jones is going to have to have another coordinator, and that would be his fourth one in four years if he does do that. And we saw a report that Belichick was worried about that, and that's why one of the reasons he didn't pursue him last season. So I think his down year at Alabama maybe makes it a little more likely that he'll stay more than one year, but you never know. We'll see how next season goes and, and uh, hopefully the Patriots crush it and he stays, but um, that's probably not going to be the scenario that ends up happening. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that that's what Bill was worried about. Cause you, uh, you mentioned this in the clip. We just went out there and um, or that we just put out there about Bill Bryan once he got hired and, you know, they're talking about, possibly your fourth coordinator in your fourth year. And I think it's interesting that Bill didn't want to do it last year and it might happen this year. So instead the alternative was, okay, let's put Mac Jones and the offense through this abysmal year that we had and, you know, make the fans suffer and have one of the worst offenses in the past 20 years for the Patriots and, you know, just dysfunction around everywhere. I, it's kind of interesting that he thought that that was the better way to go. Um, and maybe it destroyed some of Mac Jones's confidence. Maybe, you know, now he's going to have um, Bill O'Brien in the room. So now he's back to that confidence. But it's interesting that that's what he thought would be the best thing instead of just bringing him in, taking the chance that he does. He doesn't get hired. And, you know, this is really taking Mac Jones to the next level. So I thought that was kind of an interesting report, a little bit weird. Um, but I understand, you know, his concern because there it's it's a legitimate thing this is bill Bryan, who julian edelman said it on um the uh tv the other day whatever show he was on he said like bill O'Brien took the houston texans who have been irrelevant for so long and took them to four straight playoffs which for most franchises especially the texans that's that's a big dang deal 
And it's a little sour because of what he did on the GM side of things and how he handled the team. But this dude can coach and he can especially call plays. He's done it in New England. He was great for, uh, doing it in Houston. He did it for um, Alabama for um, Bryce Young, led him to a Heisman last year and then a little bit of a down year this year. So Bill Bryan can coach. We all know that. And I think that any offensive coordinator nowadays with how the NFL is so um, offensive heavy and everyone wants to see the big time points and the, you're seeing head coaches be hired that are offensive minded guys. It's going to happen. Every uh, offensive coordinator that has success in this league, especially with a young quarterback is going to get traction as a head coach. So it, it was just an interesting report in my eyes where, you know, what we experienced this year was what Bill Belichick had in mind that was being better than bringing in Bill, Bill O'Brien last season. And, you know, saying if he gets hired, he gets hired, but if not, he's still here. And, Instead, we went through the offensive struggles we did go through and the Mac Jones struggles too. It was, it was kind of kind of sucked to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely the best thing to do is just let this offense go through an absolutely horrendous year, one of the worst ever for the Patriots. Um, Jermaine asks, have we read the report from Andrew Callahan? It, I assume he's talking about um, the Bill O'Brien is back, but fixing the Patriots offense will require more than good coaching, trust relationships. The system all broke last year. I love Belichick, but he effed us uh, from apparently one of the players or or something in there. I haven't read the full report, but I saw that obviously. And I, I don't necessarily disagree. Belichick said at the beginning of the year, Hey, if this doesn't work, it's on me. I'm the one who put these people in these positions. Um, and he was heavily involved in the offense and the team suffered because of it. And I think bringing Bill O'Brien here, not only does that help the offense because we have an offensive system that we'll be able to have in place with a real offensive coordinator who's called coach uh, plays in the NFL, like you just mentioned, and was a head coach. But now Belichick will go from having to have his head in the entire offense and trying to figure that mess out to going back and fixing our special teams and being a part of our defense with Gerard Mayo. That is where Belichick thrives. And Special teams killed us this year in a number of games. If we had better special teams, we probably would have been in the playoffs, which is crazy to say. So I really think that it's such a domino effect bringing in Bill O'Brien. It doesn't just affect our offense. I think it affects our team as a whole and our culture. And I think the guys are going to have much more belief in that system. We heard that Mac Jones was thrilled about the hiring. I just, I think it is, is great on all levels. Yeah. And, Jermaine talks about it right here. He says, I think the report he was referring to is the dysfunction of how bad it was between Joe Judge, uh, Matt Patricia, Mac Jones. And you guys can believe me or not. Um, I, I know someone that was on the inside of the Patriots for the training camp, not for the season. But he said that they would go into meetings and it, all Joe Judge and Matt Patricia said was, what the F is he doing? What is he looking at? This and that. They never took blame for anything. It was always, he's doing this wrong. He's doing that wrong. And and then it turned into, you know, Bill Belichick standing up and being Bill Belichick. And, you know, you heard a kind of the reports that Belichick was mad at his assistant. So I don't know how to take that. I don't know if it's, you know, Mac Jones was doing his own thing that because he didn't trust the offense or if Joe Judge and Matt Patricia were just that bad that they just gave no coaching and it was just a demoralizing coaching um environment right there where instead of the coach being like hey you know let's go here here and here with our reads and stuff it's just you know mother effing him this and cu cursing him out and no player wants to be treated like that and no player wants to be talked about like that especially when you're a professional athlete and you had a great rookie year like he did so I, I, the reports of the ruffled feathers i have no like i believe 100 percent. like you could see mac jones was visibly frustrated you could see how much it mattered to him and how you know, frustrated he was when the play calls would come in late. That was another interesting report I saw is that Bill Belichick was more active on the offensive headsets. And sometimes he'd kind of have the final say on things, or he'd talk through things with Matt Patricia before the play was called, which resulted in the play call coming in late. Some of the Patriots miscues on um, delay game penalties. So just the whole offensive coaching staff in general from quarterback coach, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, there, there was a disconnect, whether it was a lack of trust, a lack of just coaching ability or, you know, people just did not like each other because of the way that they handled um, their coaching style. So there was definitely some dysfunction in the Patriots uh, offensive coaching staff. And I think that Bill O'Brien is a step in the right direction. If you could get another great offensive line coach, um, Adrian Clem out of um, Oregon, that's had experience in the NFL too, played for the Patriots. It, it would really solidify that offensive staff and it would be head and heels better than what it was last year. Yeah, I agree. 
and it's kind of baffling that that's how bad the dysfunction was between but like with the offense and the in the room in general but i believe it i mean it was an absolute crapshoot this year on offense and i think a lot of that has to do with coaching like we mentioned not much changed offensively as far as players go the only thing that changed was the coaching and the scheme and it was dramatically worse so i think a lot of that falls on the coaching shoulders I put a lot of the blame there. Not that the players were perfect, not that they couldn't have been better or tried to listen more, or buy in more, whatever, but it was brutal. I'm just trying to wipe the slate and move on to next year. Like I'm just, I'm super excited about the Bill O'Brien hiring. And uh, I do think it it's, it's good for the whole team in general, but uh, Carlos, what's up? How's it going? Um, thanks for tuning in again. He says, sadly, I think this upcoming season is probably going to be Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson transition, take a couple weeks to gain the players' trust and finish the season strong. I, the Patriots already start slow during the season, so I think the first month is probably going to be slow, like Carlos just mentioned. And I I would love it if we take off and we finish the season strong. That that shows that, hey, okay, this team's going places. Mac Jones, he's the guy. If, If he's performing well, if the defense is playing good, um, and, and at least start trending in a direction where we we see we see the path. Because right now, this past season, there was no path in sight. There was nothing that we could point at and be excited about and say, hey, this is where this is going. This is where this is going. We're trending in the right direction. We were on a nosedive last season in the wrong direction. And there was just there was no path. There was no plan. There was nothing that made you feel hope that this team was going to be in the Super Bowl conversation anytime soon. And I think this this Bill O'Brien move certainly flips that direction from a nosedive to all right this this train's back on the tracks is trending in the right direction and if he implements the scheme and we saw how hands-on he was at the shrine bowl so far that's one of the best things that makes me excited is somebody said that they were at training camp for two weeks last year and in two hours at the shrine bowl they saw o'brien do more coaching than matt patricia and joe judge ever did so he was hands-on he was vocal he's in there he knows what he's talking about and when you know what you're talking about people can tell and it it just it when you speak, it's people know whether you're bullshitting them or whether you're telling the truth, whether you really have a good understanding. It's it's hard to talk to a room full of NFL offensive players when you don't know what you're talking about and try to make them buy in and believe like you know what you're talking about, especially when you can't can't answer questions they have and you just keep putting it off like, oh, we'll get to that when we get to that. Like we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Well, eventually there's gonna be a real defense across from you. And they're going to be doing different things to scheme up against your simple offense that was horrendous. And that's what happened. And and we didn't have answers for it. Mac Jones is a smart quarterback who likes to dissect defenses and uh, pick them apart with his brain. And his he has a solid arm as well to go along with that. I just, I think it's going to be a great fit in this offense because that is what Bill O'Brien wants. He wants you to be able to pick apart a defense, um, audible when you need to, and just, I think that's that's going to fit Max skill set a lot more than this offense did last year. For sure. Um, Marilyn, thanks for tuning in. Um, dinner time, so you have to run. Um, th- thanks for tuning in for a little bit, though. Um, Evan right here says, um, Bill Bryan at OC makes me feel pleasure. I think a lot of Patriot fans are feeling that way because, and I think what makes us feel happy, too, is we've never seen the Patriots organization in general come out make the reports that they did that they were looking for an offensive coordinator, all the interviews of great coaches, and then bringing in guys for a second interview, the clear and obvious choice of Bill O'Brien. I think that's what gives me the most pleasure is that you're seeing something different than what the Patriots have done. Hopefully that they take all this cap space or they go make a trade for someone that we haven't seen before and continue this momentum. Because like you mentioned, the trajectory from where it was last year is already pointing up, but it's not enough. Right. It, like Bill O'Brien alone is not enough. He's going to make us tremendously better on offense, but he's not enough to put us in the conversation for a Super Bowl. You'll get a wide receiver and solidify the offensive line. You're probably competing for the AFC East after all the um, problems coming out of Buffalo. Who knows what happens with Stefan Diggs? They have a ton of free agents and not a lot of money to resign most of those guys. So, there's a lot of opportunity to continue to gain ground on some of these teams, but you can't just stop at Bill O'Brien. You got to keep climbing. You got to have a good draft. You got to have a good free agency. And the salary cap just got raised by a lot. And it's the highest it's ever been. It's up by almost what, like 25 million from where it was two years ago. So yeah. you're getting a ton more money 
to spend. Well, not you know, not a ton more, but the salary cap's going up. You're going to have an opportunity to go out and spend this money and make your team tremendously better. And you know, there's not a great receiving core class. J- Jacoby Myers is the best one. You can go get a right tackle in Mike McGlinch. You can go pay for Orlando Brown. You can get some linebackers. You, you can go grab whoever you want and make this team better. And then whatever holes you don't fill in free agency, you can get a young superstar in the draft at 14 or trade back and get multiple picks within the top 100 for it and solidify this roster. So the, the trajectory is already pointing up, but this is only the beginning in my mind. We'll, we'll continue to see this throughout free agency, throughout the draft process, how this team conti- continues to get better. But this is already looking better than what it's been the last two or three years. Yeah, absolutely. And like you just mentioned, McGlinchey and free agency, Maryland says it here as well. We're going to get into some of those targets as as the offseason progresses, but that is certainly a little spoiler. That's definitely going to be one of ours on our list here. An offensive tackle, like you said, a wide receiver, uh, that would probably come via trade. This team is projected to have, I think, about $35 million in cap space, which is the sixth most in the NFL. That's enough, that's enough money to work with to make a trade for a wide receiver, get an offensive tackle, use some good. I mean, if you, if you really think about it, if you trade for a number one receiver, if you uh, sign one of the top two tackles in free agency, and then you grab maybe a corner and you hit on the draft pretty good, this team's going to be in a lot better shape. You can do a lot of stuff with $35 million. If they can fill in some of the other pieces with some cheaper guys or, and maybe restructure somebody's contract as well to give them even more space, this team has a, enough money to make this team a competitive playoff team next season if they hit on their draft picks, if they hit on their free agents, uh, and if the coaching does what it's done in the past and, and helps carry this team to uh, victories. Yeah, and it's with the salary cap problems and someone's or with the salary cap um, you know, luxury we have this year, and Jermaine says it right here, I think we have the, I'd have to pull have up like the 11 website. picks. Yeah, we have a ton of picks, but there's a tankathon.com ranks how much like uh, oh, or draft the, value. Yeah, draft yeah. value and stuff. And I think New England's ranked like ninth. Um, let me pull it right here. Um, New England is ranked. Jeez, I just pulled up the NBA. <laughs> New England is ranked seventh, right? You have 14, 47, 77, 108. You know, New England might trade back. That's something you could get another top 100 pick and still get a pick within the top 20s. Who knows what they do, but you're sitting here and you're saying you have a good amount of cap space, the six most in the NFL, and you have the seventh best uh, power rankings on the pick schedule, according to Tankathon, you know, where you're drafting uh, capital. You expect to get a comp pick, probably a fourth at rounder at best, um, and then maybe one other one for Ted Karras. So you're looking at getting more picks, too. Um, you're projected to have these picks in um comp rounds and we all know even though it's not a top 100 pick or something bill belichick finds guys in those rounds that can contribute and they're not going to be the superstars but they're going to be good contributors so this team can continue to get better and like you mentioned we can't have another 2019 draft class where all the dudes are off the roster three years later you know you have to have one of those classes where you get a kyle duggar you trade back and you still find a kyle duggar you get a josh uche you get a ramondre stevenson you trade up you get a christian barmore this is a pretty dr- uh, deep draft class at, at certain positions that I think New England needs to address. So you're going to be able to, you know, will and deal and do what Bill Belichick really does best and find some of these talents and make your team younger, um, faster, quicker, stronger, whatever you feel like you need to do for Bill O'Brien in this offense and then continue to bring along the defense. You're going to be able to have multiple opportunities in different ways. It's not just going to be free agency or it's not just going to be the draft. You can go get a veteran guy. You can go get a young guy. You can go get whoever you want and make this team into a playoff uh, contender and possibly a Super Bowl contender, depending on how everything pans out. Yeah, and I just want to touch on this from Jermaine here. Pat's cap on Twitter is a guy who is the best source for Patriots cap space information and how to manipulate the cap and all that stuff. He's great. He said that Patriots can get realistically close to $60 million in cap space if they want to with adjusting contracts. This is not something they've shown they've done. So I just don't want people to get their hopes up thinking they're going to create all this cap space to where they get 60 mil uh, open. Will they restructure somebody's contract? I wouldn't be surprised. 
but I'm going to say that's going to put them closer to the 40 range than the 60 range. I just, I don't think they're going to go crazy. They don't love doing that. They're yeah. kind of old school about it, which it is what it is. But I, I just, I would expect somewhere in the 35 to 40 range. And one of the things that's going to be most interesting is one of those big things right there is Trent Brown. You cut Trent Brown. I think you save like seven mil in cap space. That's a guy right there. If you don't think he can have a bounce back year, you cut him, you draft the tackle in the first round and you sign one of the best ones in free agency. There you go. And you just save 7 million bucks. So you can allocate that towards that tar uh, tackle that you want in free agency, like a McGlinchey or um, Orlando Brown, any of those guys. So that's kind of where the cap is at as of right now. They can certainly add more space to it. But as of right now, this is kind of the situation that uh, that they're in. You want to you want to answer this from Maryland? Yeah. Um, Carlos kind of mentions it, too, on the comment below about the corner class. It's really, really you have a lot of really good physical corners that fit the Patriots scheme, in my opinion. Another one that someone mentions is, or Bravis mentions is Brian Branch at 14. For me, Brian Branch is more of a luxury pick. He's that Swiss Army knife type of guy. I think New England needs, if they're going to go secondary, they need a true outside boundary corner that can lock up in man coverage and has the length and the size to do that. Now, there's going to be plenty of guys like that. And Bill Belichick finds those guys in the third and fourth rounds, in the undrafted rounds. There's obviously the top tier guys in the first round, and I'm not against taking a corner if you address the wide receiver position, the offensive line position through free agency. Um, or if you you know feel comfortable with one of the tackles in the second round, which I do, I think there's a lot of really good tackles in the second round that you could get. They're not going to be Broderick Jones or someone, but if you want to get this defense back to where it's been, maybe they do target a corner, a big physical cornerback in the first round, Joey Porter Jr., um, Kelly Ringo, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. There, there's going to be guys there. Um, and I'm not saying that that's my number one option, but I think Bill loves his corners and he loves to take first round um defensive backs and stuff and so it, it's got to be a possibility that we look at and it will all it will all figure out what it is depending on how free agency goes if they you know sign a, a maybe they sign a veteran cornerback or you know i i don't think they should trade for jalen ramsey i know some patriots fans have said that i don't think you should but if you go trade for a guy like that and then now you just focus on the offensive side of the ball you go get offensive tackle you go get receiver help you go get all of this help on the offensive side so i think we'll find out what the patriots plan of attack is throughout the preseason or throughout the um offseason once you start seeing who they're signing who they're targeting um and what side of the ball they really want to focus on in the draft yeah absolutely and it is odd i feel like we just i feel like we just signed hunter henry and he's already going to be coming off the books and is it after next season or yeah because i think john was a four-year deal and hunter henry was a three-year deal yeah i think you're i think you're right um i think you and carlos are right so yeah one more year of hunter henry two more years of john new judon <clears throat> his was a four year as well right i believe judon yes so a couple more years of him as well but i think this is kendrick Bourne's last year too kendrick Bourne was yeah. a three-year deal because yeah, right. nelson Aguilar's was a two um so that, that kind of, I'll let you answer this one. Um, any thought on who we should resign? Jonathan Jones, Jacoby, stick out to me, but got to have to let some people go. You have a lot of really good um, players that you have to, you know, either resign or let go on New England. Um, and you got to make a decision on those. So who are some that stick out other than Jonathan Jones or Jacoby Myers um, that New England should try to retain? So for the most part, I think those are the main guys that, that people are going to talk about. And for good reason, Jonathan Jones, I feel like you have to bring back. I just, I think he knows the system too well. I think he's good at guarding guys like Tyreek Hill and some of the guys in, in this division that we're going to need him to cover. And, and just in general, he had a great year at outside corner and he's a slot corner. That's his best position is slot corner. So if we get a good outside boundary corner and can mix him up on the outside as well, along within the slot, I think that makes our defense more versatile, uh, versatile. And that just, that just adds to the the scheme that we have. So I love the thought of re-signing Jonathan Jones. I think you got to bring him back. Jacoby, it all depends. If they trade for a number one receiver, Jacoby's probably got to go. If they don't trade for a number one receiver, you absolutely have to re-sign Jacoby Myers because if you just come into this season with Bill O'Brien and this new offense and you don't draft the receiver in the first round or re-sign Jacoby, you're telling me that Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and... Taekwon is going to be our receiving court. Like that's, that's not good. So 
You got to grab Jacoby Myers if you do not trade for a number one receiver. I don't think <clears throat> Bill O'Brien in his system, guys like Edelman, Wes Welker, those type of players seem to have good success as well. Guys that can get open quickly with um, that have elite quickness, like immediately in their routes and are precise route runners. Jacoby's a great route runner, but he's not as quick in and out of his breaks and just not as quick off the line of scrimmage and in general uh, in the short game as some of those other guys were. So I don't think that he would be the ideal guy necessarily to fit this system, but he certainly would fit it solidly to where I think he could still have a, a ton of production. So Jacoby's another guy that, like I just said, if you if you don't re-sign Jonathan, uh, if you don't if you don't trade for a number one receiver, you got to bring Jacoby back as well. Yeah, and the other guys that I'm kind of looking at here, obviously, if Devin McCourty and Matt Matthew Slater aren't going to retire, those guys stick out to me for leadership purposes. The ones that the, there's three guys that really stick out to me that I'd love to see back, no matter what. Jabril Peppers, Raquan McMillan, and Mac Wilson. I think that those guys on defense, Jabril Peppers fits in that Brian Branch role where he's he was great for us this year. He came in and did a ton of different things in the secondary pass coverage run um, defense. He's a guy that you, that Bill Belichick loves to have. So I'd love to have Jabril Peppers back. I would love to have Raekwon McMillan back. He's only 27 years old. He showed flashes after an ACL injury. And then Mac Wilson's only 25 years old and he's just getting off of his rookie deal. And, you know, you trade for him and, I think that he was pretty dang good this year for you, um, for us. So I, I think that those guys are the ones that stand out to me the most. Um, other than that, I mean, Nelson Aguilar, no. Isaiah Wynn, not I, just I, no, but hell no. I thought your top three was going to be um, Jawan Williams, Isaiah Wynn, and Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant. <laughs> that was the three. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but like you look at um, Carl Davis, probably not bringing him back, you know, get, um, another guy that's younger on the defensive line that's probably cheaper or just the same price as him. Um, Kajust or Connor McDermott, maybe for tackle depth. Um, Damien Harris, we all know that's kind of dependent on what his market is and if he's going to take a hometown discount or something. So it, I, I think that those five guys, Jonathan Jones, Jacoby Myers, um, Jabril Peppers, Raekwon McMillan, Mac Wilson would be the top for me. And then obviously the two um, leaders with Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, if they want to, if they want to come back and they're not going to retire, those are, those are guys that are probably no brainers in my mind. Yeah. Like Carlos says here uh, as well, Jabril Peppers, I think is a, is a, is a good option, especially if McCourty retires. I know people have talked about Jalen Mills, maybe swinging back to free safety, or maybe they draft somebody, or maybe they like somebody in the building other than them. But that would just give you another safety in the room. I think Jabril kind of came along towards the end of the year and started to have a better role. He's such a physical, like exciting player to watch when he's out there. He just runs like his hair's on fire every play. And, and that's, that's fun to watch. He, he kind of like a guy like Duggar. Duggar's also a little bit different though. Like when you watch him on the field, he doesn't look like he's flying around. Like he, he does it so effortlessly. Like he yeah. doesn't look like he even has to try to fly and just crack somebody. And it, it's awesome to watch. So, um, yeah, I think Jabril Peppers would be good. Uh, obviously, like we mentioned, Isaiah Wynn, no. Slater and um, McCourty would be a yes. Aguilar, no. So I, I agree with a lot of the ones you just said. And if you can keep some of those guys uh, for another year and they step up into some of these other roles, then that's going to be great as well. Yeah, Miles Bryant, definitely a no. Um, we definitely agree with that. And then BXD Julio says, who do you think the hardest team we will face will be? I think... Uh, do we play the Chiefs next year? I was just pulling that up. I made a post about it. Um, yeah, we play the Chiefs at home. Do we also play the Eagles? We play the Eagles at home. Okay. <laughs> we have so, the second hardest schedule, I believe, off of this year's yeah. winning percentage. The I'm second say, hardest. I'm going to say Eagles and Chiefs will be the, the two toughest. I think Miami is going to be a lot better next year, which is kind of crazy to say. The The hiring of Vic Fangio, I think, is is such a good hiring for them. I mean... That defense was horrendous last year with great talent. If they get this defense back to how it was, like with Brian Flores, and their offense takes another step forward, that team's going to be scary. It, it, they already were good last year with Tua. I think Miami's going to be uh, probably taking a step forward. I think they might pass Buffalo this next year, uh, which might be a bold prediction a little bit. But I, I think that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, I would say those two. Luckily, we get them at home. Our toughest away game Miami or Buffalo. I mean, Pittsburgh doesn't really scare me. Um, the Raiders, which I'm assuming we're not going to Vegas again. I'm assuming 
that's going to be the Germany game. Maybe, maybe we go to Vegas again. Um, but the Giants, I mean, I know that they looked improved this year. You got the Broncos, who you never know. You know, depending Daniel on Jones and Saquon are free agents. Yeah, so. um, I, I would assume they bring back Daniel Jones. There's reports that Saquon tur- wants 16 million, and he turned down like 12 million from the Giants. So, um, the away schedule looks pretty favorable. Um, Dallas, I, I mean, I don't know what to think of them. They always have a good run in the regular season, and they're tough, but. Um, I mean, you look at the home schedule, Kansas City, um, Philadelphia. You're going to obviously get Miami, Buffalo there. The uh, Chargers, the Chargers are going to be tough. Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator. Justin Herbert, um, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. And then they have the defense. If J.C. Jackson stays healthy, um, they have some of those guys. So there, there's it's a pretty tough home schedule for New England uh, next year. Ironically, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I um, Carlos says Miles will most likely get tendered, which sucks. And Jermaine says by tendered, I hope you mean chicken tendered. So, um, <laughs> I, I like that promo. He's been uh, getting uh, chicken tendered for the last three years. Yeah. He's been getting burnt, bro. He's a yes. burnt chicken tender. Yes, he he Dude, absolutely has. Gosh. Um, I, I think a chicken tender would guard better than him. Yeah, you throw that out there. That's that's probably a little more uh, sticky in man coverage than uh, Miles Bryant has been. So, <laughs> seriously. Um, Hopefully we can turn around Matty P. Yes. Uh, now that we have Bill O'Brien back, Mac Jones will be great and better next season, just like his rookie year. Yeah. I think Mac Jones, if we get him another weapon or if Jacoby's back even at least, and we improve this offensive line, I think he should be better than his rookie year and hopefully more consistent. Uh, we saw the whole team tail off towards the end of the season. We can't keep doing that. That's happened both the last two years. Uh, even kind of going back to the Brady era, the end of that, we kind of did the same thing where we tailed off where we start hot. Um, and the defense would look like the best of all time. And then that would kind of tail off along with the offense. So um, Carlos says Raiders is in Vegas. It's an away game. I'm going to try to make it out there. So I've looked into it. LOL. Okay. All right. I don't, so the- have they, have they announced, I know they announced the possibilities for the Patriots to play or who they're going to play in Germany, but they didn't announce who it was, right? No, they didn't announce who it was yet. The chiefs also play in Germany, but that's yeah. a different stadium. So it's not going to be against the chiefs. Okay. So we don't know yet who who they're playing, but yeah, it's going to be one I, of their home games because they're going to be home. Oh, you're right. You're right. I totally forgot about that. That's why I, it's just weird that they're going back to Vegas. They want to see another freaking stupid play, don't they? They want. No, we're going to beat them by 60 this year. We're going to freaking stomp them for what Kobe's plot twist. We're going to trade for Hunter Renfro and Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers is going to sign with the Raiders and do the same thing back to us. And uh, Matt Judon's going to stiff arm Jared Sidham into the ground and score a touchdown to win it. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. So um, let's run a quick ad right here from our sponsors um, over at Underdog Fantasy. And then once we get back, we'll touch on a couple Shrine Bowl things and then we'll um, end the live right here. So um, real quick, here's our uh, sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Real quick, guys, we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. With Underdog's NFL Pick'em, they make it super easy to win big on any given night. They have individual player props or daily fantasy and are legal in 41 of the 50 states. Right now, they are doubling your first deposit up to $100 when you use code PATSDRIVE or use the link in the description. All you have to do is select higher or lower and submit your wager for as low as $1 to win anywhere from 3 times to 20 times your money. You can also compete against thousands in Underdog Fantasy's daily fantasy tournaments ranging anywhere from football to baseball to basketball. Whatever sport it is, there's a tournament for you. Now with Underdog's Pick'em Insurance, you can still win money even if one of your picks does not hit. So head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Make sure to use code PATCHDRIVE or use the link in our description to get started today. Yeah, we appreciate Underdog Fantasy for all they've done. They've been a great sponsor this year. Uh, even though football season's over, that doesn't mean you can't bet on basketball, baseball coming up, um, college basketball, whatever you want. There's still things to bet on. Um, and, you know, I don't know if Cole's still doing it. I've been doing a couple basketball ones. I'm not very good at it, but I have been. So um, the other thing, we fixed our donations. So if um, you ever feel like you want to donate anything, just under the chat or on the chat button, you can either send a super chat or a super sticker. Um, and it's anywhere from like two ninety nine to um, fifty bucks or something. We don't expect anything. We appreciate you guys just being here and supporting. But if at any time you feel like supporting us, please use the code Pat's Drive at Underdog Fantasy or donate something with the super sticker, um, and we will answer that question. We'll get to it as soon as possible. It'll take priority 
um, with any of that. So, but let's jump into some Shrine Bowl ones. Um, the Shrine Bowl to me has not been very interesting the last couple of years. There are still some players in it, but the Senior Bowl's coming up and we'll have a clip coming out on that um, within the next day or two. The Senior Bowl is a big one, but the Patriots coaching staff is coaching in the Shrine Bowl. So it's interesting to talk about some of the guys that they have been coaching. So, um, Colby, kind of want to hit on some of the guys that, you know, maybe the Patriots reporters, Alex Barth, some of those guys are talking about um, and who we should be looking for. Yeah, one of the one of the first guys that kind of stood out to me, he's one of the few guys that I, I did see over the past couple of years just because New England area. And one of my friends is a huge Boston College fan, uh, Zay Flowers. Um, I also I drafted him in one of my Madden uh, franchises and he was great for me. So uh, Zay Flowers, he he is projected to kind of be a second round pick right now. It seems like the more and more that we see things from him, he might sneak into the back end of the first round or the early second round. He's a talented player. He's he's got great quickness. Uh, he's got great route running. He's expected, he's said he's expecting himself to run close to a 4-3. So he's got good speed. Uh, he's one of the best route runners in this class. Um, and I think he's a guy that would fit that slot role for the Patriots well. If you decided to move on from a Jacoby Myers, maybe you draft to say Flowers and then trade for a guy as well. Uh, trade for a number one. I think he's a guy that the Patriots might be interested in. I don't know if... if it's going to be an odd range for them where they're not going to draft him at 14. They're not going to trade back in the first round, probably and draft him, but maybe they trade up from their second round pick and get him. Um, I think there's going to be some teams that are definitely interested in Zay flowers. He said he, he would love to stay in Boston. Uh, he, he loves the area. So um, I, I would love to keep him here. A local kid who's been here uh, at BC for a few years now. So um, he's one of the first guys who, who was a standout for sure. He only practiced one day so far, but that's really all he had to. He, his draft stock has been solidified for the most part. So outside of the combine and and that other stuff, he he went out there for a day, showed what he get, showed what he had to the coaches, and they put him in some different situations, and and he performed really well. Yeah, um, I'll hit on this real quick. Carlos asked if you guys saw <laughs> Dewan Jones' measurements. We're gonna hit oh on him yeah. um, in the Senior Bowl clip, but yeah, eighty nine and a half or something inch wingspan. That's like equivalent to a seven five dude, just massive arms. So we'll talk about that for sure. But Zay Flowers is a guy that. I kind of look at as similar to Sky Moore last year coming out, which we really liked. Pretty same measurables. He came in at 5'9 and a quarter, 182. Not very long arms. He's under 30-inch arms, which you don't like to see, but you mentioned it. He's probably going to be playing in the slot mostly, um, and he has um, a pretty good track record of going up and making contested catches still. He had a 58.3% con contested catch rate. Um, he had the 24th most deep yards in college football this year. Um, and he was a thousand yard receiver with 12 touchdowns. So this guy's explosive. He's little. I don't know if this is what I um, would want New England to draft. I'd like to see them take a little bit bigger guy. But if they were to take Zay Flowers, I think he's explosive enough. And Bill O'Brien could be creative with him. I don't think Matt Patricia would be very creative with him except for screen passes. But you can find a way to use him um, with Bill O'Brien. And he's a playmaker. You know, when it comes down to this, he makes plays. Um, and that's what you're really looking for. I just you look at the measurements, it's a little bit of a concern. We'll see how he runs. If he's running a four three, I assume that his stock's gonna continue to climb. And like you mentioned, people are always reaching for receivers. Um, and you'll see, you know, maybe him get be an early second round pick, possibly a late first round pick. Um, but this is a guy that a lot of people really like. He is a little bit older, he's gonna be 22 and a half or 22 years and five months old once the draft comes around. So you talk about a little bit of you know you want to get a young guy in here. He's going to be one of the older receivers in the draft. Um, but you know, experience at Boston college, um, and production at Boston college, a ton of yards and a ton of, um, receiving touchdowns throughout his career, which is something that you could, um, look for in new England. And they've always been known to have a great slot. So like you mentioned, if Jacoby Myers walks, you don't resign him. Maybe he's the next great slot in new England with Kendrick Bourne only having a year left. Um, and really no one else behind him. Yeah. I, I certainly think he might be a uh, interesting fit for, the O'Brien system, as uh, Carlos says here, uh, flowers could definitely be an Alabama esque slot for the new uh, O'Brien system. Yeah. So uh, that might be an interesting role for him. Um, let's see. Some beat reporters think that after the combine, he might push himself into the back end of the first round. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause I talked to my friend who's a, like I said, is a huge BC fan. And he was shocked when I said that people were talking about him in the first round. Um, he was surprised. He thought he was more of a, a late second round, early third round, but 
the hype on some of these receivers, they climb up draft boards really quickly sometimes. And sometimes it's overblown. Sometimes people think that people are going to value them higher based on a good combine performance, something like that. And they end up falling to the second or third round. But I think Zay Flowers is going to be a guy who ends up right at the top of the second round, uh, just if he continues and, and has a good combine. But uh, one of the next guys I want to talk out, not talk about is, is just a corner. I just kind of want to touch on this really quickly. Uh, defensive back Trey Dean, the third, uh, he had two interceptions today at practice. Um, I thought he had a third as well, but that one was a tipped ball. Um, so just another DP, a DB who was flying around out there. I guess some of the Gators have been performing well out there at the Shrine Bowl. So um, just a guy who was, who was making plays and, that's what you want to see guys out there working, working hard and, and creating plays, creating turnovers at the end of the day. The, the turnover battle in the NFL matters so much. Um, if, if you win that, you usually win the game. So um, that, that was another guy that I just wanted to highlight just from today's practice. Yeah. Another guy that I've heard a lot of really good things about, and he's right in my backyard at the University of Utah. He wasn't a standout, but he was a really good um, college player is Mo Dia. Bate, um, the linebacker, he measured in at 6'3 and a half, 230, um, 32 and a quarter or 32 and an eighth inch arms, 80 and a half inch wingspan. Good size, good frame. A dude that flew around was really good in pass coverage. Maybe, you know, a late round linebacker that New England could target and get younger on that front or develop him. You know, I was really excited about Cameron McGrone. He's not on roster anymore. Maybe this is a guy that you can bring in um, and see how he pans out. And then the other guy that I loved in college and i think he was really good but he just his measurements scared the crap out of me is uh tradavius hodges tomlinson lt's uh nephew out of tcu he comes in at five foot seven and a half we already have enough small corners 175 you don't see many corners uh playing at a high level in the nfl with under 30 inch arms he came in at 29 and three eighths eight and a quarter inch hands he's just he's small all around but he's a really good corner i just don't know how he's gonna be able to translate his you know success into the nfl and marcus jones is having great success i'm not saying that but if you continue to build the patriots secondary around guys like marcus jones Tredavious hodgins tom linson miles bryant's you're just going to get mossed like t higgins did you're going to have guys that just are throwing up jump balls and you're not going to be able to defend them so I really like um, Hodges Tomlinson as a corner, but I, the size just, it has to scare me away with how our corner back room is currently structured. There's too many guys like him to, you know, really get excited about him and see New England going after him. Yeah, no, I agree. Just that size is tough. You, they got to go get a big outside corner at some point this year. You can't just let the T Higgins of the world and, and all these big receivers just keep mossing you. I mean, at the end of the day, if you got a six three, six five guy going up against a five eight corner, five nine corner, the tall guy's going to win that almost every single time, unless it's a horrible throw. But um, so I think that's got to be one of the keys to the offseason is grabbing one of those bigger corners. And there's definitely, like we talked about a lot in the draft, and and we'll touch on that uh, in a later video. But uh, anybody else you want to touch on before we before we wrap this up? I I would say someone that I liked a lot being on the West Coast and you know kind of following Pac-12 football. Jackson Kirkland's a good guard out of Washington. He measured really well, six foot six and a half. He's an interior offensive lineman. He has the size to play uh, tackle. I don't know if he can transition to be that, but he's a big guy that maybe you can get in the uh, later rounds. And um, you know, Bill Belichick loves to take guards in the late rounds and have guard depth. He's a guy that maybe I'm looking at. The other one that New England was rumored to have interest in. Um, I don't know how much interest, but someone that they talked about was Luke Sco uh, Schoonmaker, the tight end out of Michigan, six foot five, 250, 32 and five eighths inch arms, um, and a, a, a 79 and three quarter inch wingspan. I, I, if New England's going to go get a tight end, I'd rather have them target a guy that's a true pass catcher. And Schoonmaker can make his pass or his uh, make catches, but he's more of a big thumper inline tight end that's a really good blocker. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing them take him if they are looking at a tight end, but I, I like some of the guys in the you know upper um, part of the draft, Dalton Kincaid, Luke Musgrove, um, Darnell Washington. So some of those guys are a little bit more athletic um, than that. So, and yeah, Carlos says right here that these guys are a little bit more lower profile. So you're looking at probably day three, possibly day two guys. That's why I like the senior bowl more is because one, we know new England loves to take guys out of the senior yeah. bowl. Um, and two, you're looking at guys that 
are going to probably be second, third round guys, and you're going to have a couple first round guys that sneak in there. So I love the senior bowl. That's the big one for me. It's just, it's really interesting that new England's coaching um, this shrine bowl, and they have a lot of hands on with these players. And it'll be interesting to see how they target these guys throughout the draft. Yeah. I, uh, I have to share this real quick. This is what somebody brought up earlier about the Patriots most recent post. I saw this. <laughs> yep. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. I, I love that. Uh, Devontae Parker commented on that, said robbed. Um, yeah, so the, the Hunter Henry catch against the Vikings and then obviously the Patrick Beverly bringing the camera out during the Lakers-Celtics game after LeBron got fouled, but it didn't get called. So I just, I had to uh, I had to throw that up there because I thought that was funny and somebody mentioned it earlier. So um, yes, I, I do. Excuse me. Um, I do think this is kind of important. Alex Barth also said that Turk, the Oklahoma punter, is getting a lot of attention from uh, Cam Accord. Alex Barth was raving about this guy, saying he had incredible hang times. He was pinning the ball all over the place where they wanted him when they wanted to be accurate. Um, maybe a guy who, who could be a late-round target for the Patriots and maybe the sixth round or something like that to replace Jake Bailey if, if things don't work out with him. And if the Patriots win the whole, um, whatever it's called, the lawsuit, I guess, it, what, I don't know what you'd call it, with Jake Bailey, the whole... Um, suspension thing if they win out the suspension argument or whatever they could cut him and get him off the books for the guaranteed money and that would also save two three million dollars right there so that's 10 million bucks between him and uh trent brown if you want to cut the two of them and, and that's that is a decent chunk brings you to 45 million cap space so that's a quick and easy way to maybe even get better and save money so um i would keep an eye on that as well yeah and that's something that i in my opinion is a no brainer, right? You re-sign Jake Bailey and he hasn't been good for two years. And then you have punting problems with Polardi. If there's a guy like Turk that really just spikes your interest, you, I, I mean, a sixth or seventh round pick, take him because we saw how big of an issue it was for our special teams. And hopefully if Joe Judge gets moves there or you find a new special teams coordinator that it's improved, but you got to have a punter that's better than what we had this year. You know, flipping field position, pinning him inside the 20, things like that are real important. Um, in this day and age. So, yeah, I, I would be interesting to see um, if that if they try to target a specialist because a lot of people wanted them to take Matt Ariza last year, which we all know what happened there. Buffalo took him, and that did not work out for them. But, you know, there's there's something there with Bill Belichick wanting to take these guys. And I just – I don't see paying Jake Bailey $3.17 million for the next three years, how, how that really benefits our situation. Yeah, I don't either. Um I think that's a good candidate for for being cut. Uh, Red Patriot ninety nine says, "Do we plan on watching the new Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl games?" I, I think I'll probably, I think I'll probably watch a little bit just to see what it's like. Um, I was excited for the Pro Bowl last year because Mac was in it, and he was in the skill games as well. We don't really have anybody. I mean, we have Judon, but we don't have. I don't know if Judon's going to be competing in certain events i don't really know how it's going to be structured i haven't looked into it a lot i will watch some of it um i don't know how closely i'll be watching it but i i definitely will watch just to see kind of what's what's the differences what's the changes and if it's entertaining at all yeah i'm excited for some of the changes i'm not gonna i really am not gonna watch the game like i could care less to watch flag football or whatever and i could care less to watch the pro bowl in general it was really boring so I'll, i will for sure watch I mean, that, the uh you can't you can't say the pro bowl is boring with mac jones hitting that gritty well, and i mean come on now what are we talking about i mean that that was fun but outside that, of that it was not so, <laughs> the pro bowl dodgeball is always fun there's a lightning round which is new this year each conference selects 16 players to compete in a three-part elimination challenge that will leave one player left at the end to earn three points for the conference in the first lightning lightning round splash catch teammates pairings from each conference will toss water balloons back and forth with increasing distances so it's honestly just for me, that's the fun stuff. It's like a lot of play, playground games, and it's just a bunch of athletes, you know, being normal dudes and having fun with that stuff. So I'll for sure watch some of the um, uh, um, events like that. They have a longest drive one where they're going to see who can drive the golf or a golf ball the longest. Like seeing NFL players swing a golf club, depending on how good they are, it's funny. I've seen some college players um, where I coach, and it is 
I mean, you, they look so unathletic, and yet they're like 6'5", 300 pounds, and they just they run a 4'9", 40, and they're super athletic, but they can't swing a golf club. So I, there will be some of them that I'm really excited to watch, but the game doesn't really excite me anymore. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you there. Um, not, not a whole lot of excitement in when nobody's really trying or doing anything. I think the flag football will be better than the, the contact just because... <laughs> I think people are going to try harder than they did in contact because you're not going to get hurt. You're grabbing flags. Like I think that might be a little bit interesting, but um, ready to watch bill trade our 14th pick back for three fifth rounders and a punter. Hey, we'll take it. I wouldn't be shocked. Not, <laughs> Nothing I, shocks I, us at this point. I see. I say that. And then they draft Cole strange in the first round of Florida and I'm pissed. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, I still true. am shocked by certain things, but we should stop saying we, wouldn't be shocked by anything because I think Bill hears it and then he wants to prove that he does, can really? shock us more. You want to bet? <laughs> That's yeah. what he does. That's he's what he's like, sitting at yeah. home doing right now, watching us. Uh, saying like, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my dog draft Nike. Nike's gonna draft this one. Just yeah. pick a random name. I'm gonna Spin put the a, wheel. He's gonna here's have... here's a hundred names in associated with a food bowl, and whichever one you eat out of first is who we're taking. There you go. So yeah, I wouldn't I be I wouldn't be shocked. No, but uh, I'm excited for the draft. It's gonna be good. But uh, it's gonna be good to see some of these prospects and, and as we get closer closer to, to draft night in a few months just going to be more and more stuff coming out uh diving deeper into these prospects doing some mock drafts and all that fun stuff with you guys but um that's all i got you got anything else no um we appreciate all you guys support make sure you guys be on the lookout for our clips that are coming out so if it ever says like live on the uh um thumbnail or you know in the title of the video then we're going to be here answering questions. Most of the stuff we are coming out with now, we're going to try to go live at least once a week, but we're going to have tons of clips coming out, you know, 10 to 15 minute clips um, of our thoughts of the off season draft targets, senior bowl stuff. So the ones we have planned this week are the senior bowl, senior bowl targets, and then uh, trade targets for wide receiver. So make sure you guys continue to support those hit the like and subscribe button, share our channel with other Patriots fans. So we can continue to have these great lives and talk with you guys, answer your guys' questions. Um, and, you know, honestly, just be Patriots fans and um, support the Patriots no matter what, because that's that's what we're here for. So we appreciate you guys' continued support. But, yeah, I don't I don't got anything else. Yeah, that's it. Just keep an eye out for those clips. We'll be recording one after this uh, to get that out to you guys, hopefully in the next day or two, uh, I'm going to assume. And like Jay said, a couple other ones planned. Um, and I, I've seen some of you guys uh, in the chat on those who, who weren't sure if we were live or not, but um like Jay said, if, if it's a premiere, if you see that countdown at the beginning, that's not our normal stream intro. It's not live. It is a uh, a pre-recorded thing that is just going live. Uh, it's a scheduled scheduled uh, video. So, um, Carlos, thanks again for tuning in. Thank you uh, to, to everybody tuning in, all, all the regulars. We appreciate your guys' support. Um, and like Jay said earlier, our donation button's fixed. Uh, if you guys want to support us in any way, We'd really appreciate any donations or using our link to the underdog thing. Uh, supporting our sponsors helps support us in general and keep these videos going uh, along with the donations. So uh, we appreciate you guys for for the support, the likes, the subscriptions, um, to tell your friends, all that good stuff. But uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Patriots Drive podcast. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things New England Patriots. Make sure you tune into the next episode and check out PatriotsDrive.com for more great content. You're on to Cincinnati.